let me introduce you to my favorite kind of pet. It's Photon on the Coco Show 25. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Coco Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And Aaron, before we get started, we got to give a big, big shout out to Coco Show VIP, Robert Murphy. Mm. He rules. Now, Aaron, um, what's your what's your favorite kind of pet? Uh, oh, I've got two cats, vote. I like cats. That's it? Number one with a bullet? Cat? Well, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I don't like any pets. I like other people's pets. How's that? <laughs> And the reason I like other people's pets is because I don't have to pick up their hair, their droppings, feed them, or give them water. That's what I mm-hmm. like about that. You know, our buddy Matt's got the right attitude. He comes in, he lovingly plays with all the pets, <laughs> and then he goes home to his non-pet-having house. That's right. That's the best way to do it. You know, we've been we've been playing around with the idea of getting a dog. Do you think I'd be a good dog owner, Aaron? Hmm. What kind of dog? Small dog, like a like we're thinking about either like a Yorkie miniature Schnauzer or something like that. Well, you know, listen, you've got to be able to know that you're going to be tied down by this dog. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. All right, you know, in between shows, I had to step out. Okay, why is that? Well, that's because uh, Luke's grandmother was here and she takes her dog with her in the car, and the dog mm. was thirsty. Mm. So we had, and they carry a bowl around in the car. So they had to come in here and get water for the dog. Then they had mm-hmm. to get the call, dog out of the car to, to to let it drink, and then presumably let it walk around to take care of its other needs. Mm-hmm. Then they had to t- clean the bowl off, put it back mm-hmm. in the car, and drive off. The dog is dictating it. Like I wouldn't do that for my kid. I'm not you gonna go the get dog. A- you think the dog might have left a little surprise in your yard? What do you think, Boat? You think this is going to get cleaned up? I'll tell you what, no is the answer. So if you're willing to do all these things, Boat, I mean, they take this dog around. They feed it they feed it hamburgers and ice cream. What? Yeah, you heard me. The dog gets more action than, than the kid. I mean, this dog is everywhere. If you're willing to treat a dog like that, then then you could be a dog owner. Hmm. Might have an update on a future episode. I'm still, I'm still weighing it. Yeah. So, Aaron, like I said, now the reason why we were talking about pets is because uh, the favorite pet of Mister Photon, I believe his name is, is uh, the plasma droid. The plasma droid, Aaron. So we might as well learn a little bit more about Mister Photon and talk about Photon. Let's do it, man. Yeah, Photon. I had no idea where you were going there, but I'll be honest with you with the whole pet thing. <laughs> but I did play me some Photon this week, and I will say. I answered the age-old question, what the heck do you do in this game? Because I've tried it before today, it had no, or before this week, and had no idea what to do. It just gave up. So, Photon, a game authored by Jeff Steedl, I believe is the way you pronounce his name, Bo, and you can help me out there if I've dropped the ball. Produced by uh, Glenn uh, Dogren, mm-hmm. uh, published by Sundog Systems uh, in 1991, this is a color computer three exclusive boat. Oh. It, it requires 128k RAM. Now you know we get that a lot. Okay, you know, and we we both come from the Amiga world. Okay, so mm-hmm. a lot of games require AGA. All right, mm-hmm. it's that's Amiga's version, right? Right. And then you play the game, and you're like, wait a minute, where's the AGA at, bro? You know, there's what's what's the difference? I can tell you right now in this game that when it says it requires a Coco 3 and you turn this sucker on, you're going to know why this thing requires a Coco 3 because 
This thing has bells and whistles out the yin-yang. Am I wrong here, Boat? Absolutely. Uh, This originally sold for $34.95 and two and a half bucks shipping and handling. It's funny, when I went to look for the box for this, they know the box. That's not the way Photon rolls. Mm -mm. It was the classic game in a baggie, a Ziploc bag. Let's take a moment to realize that in 1991, games were still being sold on bags in some platforms. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I bought a Coco game mail order, which I'm assuming that's the way Photon was mostly sold. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was the old bag with the photocopied gimmick in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the exact same way. So, yeah, uh, hey, you can't, who can produce a box? You know, it's not like today, you know. Um, So, uh, Photon, gosh, what a nutty game this is. It's an original game for the Coco. Uh, Now, uh, I went to our good friend, L. Curtis Boyle, to get a little. action on where you could play this game because i didn't know this until i read it here he says that uh there were no less than two other versions this made for the a dos machine or windows uh there that one was shareware and one wasn't i went out and tried to find these and i could not find any videos of of e- any of them mm-hmm. so for all intents and purposes this is a coco exclusive uh but you might be able to find that if you are a real good detective on another machine i, I could not um, let's talk about this game's features, Boat. All right, this is this is highly touted in the ads. Um, it features four voice background music, several tunes that change depending on the level you're on. Uh, that's a fact. This thing has pretty good music, doesn't it, Boat? Listen, it doesn't just have pretty good music. This is hands down, without any question, the best music on any Coco game that has ever existed. Oh, and I man. will fight you to the death if you try and argue with that because it, you can't. No, I when I was when I was playing this, it was like I was playing a video game, Aaron. It was like I was playing a video game with real music, and that's the first <laughs> time that's ever happened to me with the Coco. Listen, that's not a hill I'm going to die on. I'm going to agree with you. It's got great tunes. The, the guy did a good job. Now, what else has it got, Boat? This sucker's got speech, digitized speech. That's and right. I don't just mean someone going like, hey. I mean, like, it talks to you. It mocks you. It gives you the business, Boat. Mm-hmm. The speech in this clears a bell and sounds great. So I'm going to give it props for that. Uh, the box also says it, it's billed as having very smooth 60 frame per second graphical experience, Boat. Sure. Uh, I also found this to be very smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it features 62 different levels plus a boss level. Uh, where you uh, and so that's a goodly amount of levels in the in a puzzle. Like, what are we gonna call this? An arcade action puzzler? Would that be the way to build this? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Now, uh, I was reading some uh, information on this game uh, in Rainbow, and they they mentioned that if you've got a five twelve Coco, the whole game will load into memory, and he doesn't need to access the disc anymore. Handy, mm-hmm. you know. So that's I mean, hey, listen, if they're gonna you if you're gonna have that much RAM. It's nice to see someone take advantage of it. Uh, the game, the object of this game is goofy, as you can imagine. Uh, but you are pitted against the evil Ludvide. Now, mm. his name's look, not Mr. Photon. No, it's not. Ludvide. Now, did you look, take a good look at Ludvide's name? Mm-hmm. If you if you rearrange the letters a little bit, you come up with evil dude. Oh. So I'm guessing. <laughs> Clever. I'm guessing that's where it came from. So. Your uh, here's the uh, back here's the back uh, story to this. Uh, your world has a clear social system with two distinct classes: the workers and the scientists. Okay, uh, it worked well, and people were happy. Then suddenly, a mysterious 
electronic intelligence appeared and began to drain the world's energy. Your mission is to take up the challenge and destroy the robot Ludvide. And th- mm. that, and thus begins the game Photon. Now, uh, Boat, this game comes up with a real nice like intro. The opening screen that comes up that, sh- that displays the publisher's logo is <laughs> instantly makes you know you're watching something that's unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's it very has, Amiga-like. Very it is. Amiga-like. It's very demo-like. The way mm-hmm. everything fades in. There's mm-hmm. sort of a matrix effect <clears throat> when you first load the thing. Uh, what did you think about this? Just the on the off right at the beginning when you loaded it up. Oh, I mean, it's 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 definitely this is a game that uh, that would not have been out of place on any other computer system of the time for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, there. Let's be honest. You know, the the Coco doesn't exactly swing with the with it in in the major leagues most of the time when it comes to games in terms right. of presentation, graphics, and sound, but. This is a grand, grand exception where you everything about this game, the fact, I mean, just even the intro sequence where they're the the dots are drawing the logo on or the the name of the game on the screen, they're they're changing colors. Um, very, very, very impressive from the get go. Yeah, and there's even a little cut scene between the game uh, when the game starts, in between levels where the uh, Ludvide bad mouths you. Mm-hmm. If you die, he gives you the business. He laughs. Yeah, so Lud- Ludvide is a laughing skull that's wearing orange sunglasses, and he's got like a neck. Uh, he's got like a a, a a necklace of grapefruit. Yeah, he's an odd looking fellow. Mm-hmm. There's also not just him talking, but there are other little digitized moments in here that pop up on occasion. Now. We've talked about how good it looks. We've talked about how good it sounds, Boat. Now let's talk about how well it plays. Uh, Boat, what, you're a big puzzle aficionado, my friend. What did you think about the... Can you? Because uh, you'll do a better job than me. Can you explain the action in this? It's sure. very unusual. So what you have here is you are represented with a top-down view of a play field that is populated by rolling balls and um, and things that direct the rolling balls in certain directions. So, for example, if you've got a block that's in the path of a rolling ball, it will hit the block and go back the way it came. You also have curved blocks that rotate the direction of the rolling ball 90 degrees. Um, the Later, other things are added. You have other types of enemies that you have to contend with. But the, the, the big enemy in this game is the old rolling ball. Okay, so the rolling ball is not an aggressive enemy. The rolling ball rolls on a set path. Those are called dupes, by the way, in case you're wondering. The little balls are dupes. Okay, fine. Um, (laughs) And so what you have to do is you have to um, figure out a way to get to the door without uh, your energy being drained by coming into contact with these rolling balls. Okay, so you can do this in any number of ways. You can uh, you can use the blocks on the level to uh, make a new path for the blocks or for the balls, and you do this by pushing and pulling the blocks. Uh, this is the main game mechanic. The main game mechanic is that you are pushing and pulling blocks of various sizes to uh, make the path of these balls get out of the way of the exit, so you can stand on the exit and slowly be absorbed into it. Yeah, that's photon. Yeah, that's the game. Yeah, sounds simple. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's neat about this game is unlike a lot of puzzle games and a lot of puzzle games that I hate, 
is that there's not just one solution. It's not like Sokoban, where there's only one way to push the boxes so you can get to the gate. There's all different ways. And this may not be true on the later levels, but I know I played at least the first seven levels of this game. And I was able to beat these levels any number of ways. So you can you can get a couple balls out of the way. You can clear all the balls out of the way and just sort of waltz right in to the exit. Or you can get a couple balls out of the way, take some hits on health, but still just like, you know, basically brute strength your way towards the door and still be absorbed and go on to the next level. So I love that. I love the fact that the game gives you multiple ways to solve the puzzle. Uh, I love the fact that the, the the way that the balls move are affected by all the different blocks in the environment. I think that's really cool. Now, Pretty early on, you've got these things called plasma. I think they're called plasma droids, and they act like homing missile, or yes. they act like homing dupes, and they they come into you, and uh, and so you've got to contend with them. And then the game becomes like, how do you entrap these plasma droids? You actually have to push boxes around them so they can't get to you. And it becomes the thing about you know how do you make make a contracting box without leaving one end open so the thing can come out and kill you. So it's it's very it's it's a it's a logic based game, but it's also an action based game because like I said, you can run into situations where you can just sort of brute force your way in, and I I really appreciated that. Um, the game involves a lot of moving sprites on the screen at one time. There's there there can be you know 15 balls on the screen at once, uh, plus the other enemies. So there's always stuff going on. It kind of reminds you of those things. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen them. Sometimes they have them in airports, but it's like they've got these balls and they move on like a roller coaster type shape, and they're constantly being dropped through things and going down ramps and things. Yeah, it yeah. kind of reminds me of that. Um, the way that you manipulate blocks is uh is different but i think with the what they had it's the best way to do it so to move a block in this game to push it forward you approach a block while facing it and you hit the button the block will move one stop forward then uh to pull a block you stand while facing forward uh two blocks away from uh the block that you want to move and then push the button and the block will transport backwards. I'm sure the game, the docs explain how this happens through magic or whatever, but it is it is weird <laughs> that you're able to manipulate matter like that. Um so that's literally the only mechanic in the game. That that's that's all that you do. Now Aaron, what did you think about the controls in this game? I wasn't I wasn't that keen on them, but I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll explain why. Um and I, I have loaded this game up. I think I even loaded it up on stream one time because I'd heard about it, but I couldn't figure out how to do anything. That's because I didn't know how to pull the blocks. That's And that's the key element in this game, pushing them and pulling. Like you said, that's the only element. Uh, and, and it took me a while to understand what to do. You know, I had to basically watch. We're watching uh, pa, our own buddy Paco. We're watching his playthrough right now on the video version. And I watched him, and I was like, how the heck is he pulling those blocks? So I sat down and figured it out. I would like... To, for, I wish there was a grip, a, gra a graphical representation of you grabbing a block and kind of pulling it towards you. Maybe a little chain would come out mm -hmm. or something. That way, because I would often try to pull and push stuff, and I couldn't. And there are rules for pushing and pulling, so particularly pulling it. Uh, you because you're if depending on how many blocks are around, you have to be in the right spot, and the block has to be in the right spot for you to pull it. Okay? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the number one thing about this game and this is this is infuriating to me yeah. because this game is so good the number one the the number one mistake the the makers of this game made was they didn't make your tank 
they didn't give your tank some way to tell which direction your tank is facing. Correct. That and that's you you beat me to the punch. It's exactly what I'm talking about here. You get it's frustrating. Uh, and it and this game is not easy. Let's go there for I, I didn't think it was. Now I no, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer boat. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, uh, I understood the basic concept of the game. I mean, all you have to do is leave. That's not that hard. Mm-hmm. But it's a difficult game, and the, and it also requires you to have uh, good timing most of the time because a lot of times you're setting up, uh, redirecting these balls in such a way that you have to time it for when they're in a certain spot to do it. And so right. if you get to that spot and you're ready to go and you've pulled in, you've got your tank jacked up the wrong way, or you just can't get that block to move, you're boned. Mm-hmm. And you take now, thankfully, the game, the life bar in the game, the damage bar is substantial. Okay. But uh, uh, it's still a hit uh, and you don't like to take them. And then that life bar, unless you get a special, uh, unless you get a pickup, the life bar doesn't recharge after you go through these levels. And so whatever you lose, that sticks with you. So you don't want to lose any if you can help it. Mm-hmm. And I, and that was it. Not a, it's the, even life bar aside, it just it was frustrating to me to have to try to get the this mechanic to work. And I think unfortunately, I think that's the game's biggest failing. They yeah. did almost everything right, but that that I don't like. Why they couldn't just put a turret at the top of your tank, like a tank, you know, uh, and that way you could tell which direction you were facing. And they also need a quick change button. Like for example, like you need to be able to you need to be able to obey the rules of the game. So that means like if you've got at least one space in between you and the thing you're trying to pull backwards, you should be able to do it. But if you're up against a wall, you can't turn yourself around uh, without moving forward to move that block. And that's no good. So this game needed a keyboard shortcut or something that just says, you know, rotate my my turret 180 180 degrees. Yeah, yeah. These are small things. And here's something else. Once you play this enough, and Lord knows, I've talked to plenty of people and read plenty of things that people that really like this game. It's something you're going to pick up, mm-hmm. uh, but I I didn't pick it up, uh, given the amount of time I played the game. And I played it for I this was like I've played this one before, uh, not well, but I've played it. And I still didn't play it well, but I will say there's a fun game in there if you get past that shortcoming. And, uh, and you, in fact, some people I guess might not even think it's true. But me, me and you, I'm glad to hear you were on the same page as me. I was interested to hear what you thought about this because that led to me having all kinds of trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I you said you got to what, about level seven. Yeah, I, seven that, or eight, something yeah, like that. That's somewhere. Uh, I, oh, I should mention that uh, I played this on my actual Coco. How did, did you play this on the Coco as well? No. So uh, Curtis actually uh, turned me on to uh, a version that was patched to be used with emulators. That's what I thought. Yeah. And uh, I, I ended up playing this on the old Mister. Oh so. yeah. Mm-hmm. I played this on the Coco, and I will say, you know, this game, the guy that did this one, he did everything right, in, including we talked about all the other stuff he did. The game has a a, a, a pause feature. If you hit the function key, I think it's F1. It will, it will, it will change the color palette. Mm-hmm. And I think the second color palette's good. It also has RGB support. It's Listen, got all the stuff you need in a game. This game, I'll tell you that this game is probably my favorite Coco game. I mean, even if with you the shortcoming, it, if you take no, because if you take into total, in total, everything that it does, it is the most well. It's hard to say it's my favorite Koku game because there's games that I enjoy more, but this is the most real video game I've ever played on the Coco. 
because it's got everything that a real video game should have. This yeah. doesn't look like it was put together by Tom Mix in a dark alley. Hey, this looks like it was made with care. And it looks like the person that made this actually had played other video games on other platforms before. And so what you get is a level select on the first on the first screen, which yeah. is what you want in a puzzle yes. game. Yeah. You know, and music, you get a different music on and off. You get a You get a Yeah. You get the option to turn music on and off and you get the option. You, you have different tracks on every level, every yeah. every level. I think there's four and they repeat. But by the time you get through four of them, you know, it's it's still fresh. And I can't tell you how much of a difference the musical soundtrack makes in this. game. Yeah. It is the perfect kind of music that you want with a game like this. Yeah. It made me play it more just because I like the music so much. The, uh, um, we should also mention it's got two player support, Boat. This game is that's true. Two player support, also a big thing. This game also doesn't commit the cardinal puzzle game sin of giving you a time limit. Okay. There's no reason to have a time limit in a game like this, and there isn't a time limit. Another another plus. This game takes every single box for what you want out of a video game, Coco game or not. Except for one. And the one and the one is that the gameplay is is a little wonky with, with the controls. But I mean how would you change it? I don't I, like I said. I'm not sure. I don't. So there, I, don't I mean, like, exactly. if you, I, I mean, is it perfect? But no game has perfect controls. You know, I don't know how you'd make the game that they want to make and change the controls. The only thing that I would change is telling you, like I said, a quick change so you can't get trapped against a wall and pull a block back when the, when you when you're able to, and just a direction thing for your tank, just so you can see which direction you're facing. Yeah. Uh, and I will say this on top of everything else. This is not my sort of game, but I agree with everything you said in terms of a professionally made game, um, a game that has all the modern touches you would look for in a game. This ha this is probably one of the few that ch checks all the boxes. Uh, Boat, um, just a little bit of uh, interesting stuff that I dug up. Uh, we mentioned that this was from Sundog Systems. Mm -hmm. uh, they have that really cool log lo rolling logo at the beginning. Uh, Sundog uh, apparently were uh, located in Manassas, Virginia. At least that's where the shipping address from the Rainbow Magazine I looked at was. Uh, they did some other games. Uh, they did Hall of Kings 1 and 2, uh, White, uh, White Fire of Eternity. Some of these are text games, obviously. Dragon Blade, Hall of King 3, Sinistar with two A's, that old, that old gem, mm -hmm. In Quest of the Star-Lord, and The Contras. The Contras actually came out after this in '93, which that's sort of a we know about the Contras, so that was kind of that was kind of neat. Mm -hmm. um, I found thanks to Curtis, I found a, a review of this game in Rainbow, uh, May of 1992. The uh, person that looked into it was called Lauren uh, Willoughby, uh, and Lauren remarked, "Photon has the mark of a classic game. Its goals are easily understood. Its controls are simple." But winning is devilishly complex. My rec my recommendation: addict yourself. Mm. So she was a big fan of this particular game. Did we get any Discord action on this one, Boat? Yes. L. Curtis Boyle writes: uh, Photon is one of my favorite Coco games. Period. Uh, combining strategy, puzzle, and arcade gameplay all into one, having humor, dead-on smooth graphics with smooth animations, speech synthesis, multiple multi-track original music that doesn't sound like the typical organy music we're used to on the Coco. Mm. It's a tour de force of Coco 3 programming, and it's a Coco original to boot. Um, he says the controls do take a little bit of time to get used to. Indeed. Um, 
and uh, each level has its own description. I also like that too. That's a great point, Curtis. The, the your your little uh, evil Lloyd. What's his name? Level Lord. Yeah. Evil hey. Evil Noid. Yeah. The, your sunglass man. He he talks uh-huh. about each one. It's good. Uh, he says it's a solid nine point five for him. He says my only real complaint is that I'm not great at it. He's made it to around level twenty three. Uh, but the levels then get pretty hard. He said, thankfully, the first few are quite easy unless you get used to the controls. As the ad blurb said, it's too addictive. So, Indeed. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think I would give it a thumbs up if you're a puzzle fan. If you've got a Coco 3 and you're thinking to yourself, what could this thing really do? I think this is a, a good place to have a look. Uh, this is what games uh, could have looked like on the Coco 3. And unfortunately, there aren't a ton that look that are fully fleshed out as this one uh but it uh hey maybe we'll get some more of that awesome uh home uh brew that will be along these lines i mean this really i was real impressed with the digitized soundness the music too four voice uh music uh curtis was just saying that the uh the fellow that ran uh, sundogs ran it from his college dorm so there mm-hmm. you go <laughs> kind of neat boat yeah yeah now uh, we have something very special going on right now. We, uh, we, as you know, as you might know, uh, we have introduced a new system of voting for uh, the uh, the Coco Show, in which uh, we have uh, anybody that supports any of our shows at the ten dollar a month level, including the Coco Show, gets uh, becomes part of our game selection committees. So the Coco Game Selection Committee just had their first poll, and it turned out that there is a tie. For the top two games that were nominated, okay? One is Donut Dilemma, nominated by Steve R., Steve Rasmussen, I'm guessing. And the other one is Cosmic Ambush, which was nominated by Graham W. Vebke. So we are going to have a runoff vote in the chat right now on Twitch. Uh, If you would like Donut Dilemma... Or cosmic ambush, please enter your uh, enter your vote into the chat. Uh, I'm going to read off the Patreon names here uh, as we do this. So if you want to have a quick Google search to check them both out, um, and like I said, please please only vote one time, and uh, we will count all of those votes uh, when I finish reading the Patreon names, and we will have our next game for the next Coco Show. Speaking of the Coco Show and the thing, the people that keep it running. Uh, we want to thank all of our fine Coco Show supporters, including VIP Robert Murphy, but also Edvin Helland, Steve Rasmussen, Buttons, and William Becker. We do appreciate all that you do in terms of helping keep the Coco Show on the air and helping us reach our goal of maybe someday even turning it into a weekly program. Now, Aaron, we looks like we've got some votes here on the chat. Are it's a runaway boat. Okay, it's a let's see here. Donuts, donut, donut dilemma. I'm eating a donut right now. Donut, donut, donut. I think cosmic ambush. Couple, yeah. Donut dilemma is the winner. Good try, though, <laughs> Brent. <laughs> so, donut dilemma is going to be our next. I believe that that's a Nick Morantes game. Yeah, I think I saw him on the old uh, on the old uh, Coco Talk the other day. Um, but uh, we will, I'm sure. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now everybody's voting for the other game. Maybe we're gonna have to do a, a real a real count here. Because the, the, the votes are still coming in. I'm making sure nobody's voted twice. Nobody has voted twice. All right. You can see Let's... why it's so split vote. 
Let's see here. Okay. Donuts, one, two, three, four, five, six. Cosmic, one, two, three, four, five. Yes. Oh, By sorry, one yeah. vote. By one vote. So we <laughs> will see you next time with Co- with Cosmic Gambashack. We'll see you next time with Donut Dilemma. And until then, all hail El Curtis Boyle.